Good morning, Chair City Church. What a great group this morning. We are in week four of our current teaching series at the movies. And for our guests, what we do is each week, we look into a movie that's come out in the prior months, the past year. And since they make movies to speak to the human condition, we dig through and we grab a theme out of that movie, a, a prominent theme. And then we go to the Bible and say, say, what does the Bible teach towards this theme? Now, today we're looking at the movie The Lion King. The original one came out in 1994, the year I was engaged. Wow, Christy is still as good looking in 2019 as she was in 1994. No, I didn't get in trouble. I really believe that with all my heart, okay? So they remade it in 2019, this movie, and they did it kind of masterfully. They Almost kind of a little unnerving what they did. Everything you see in the movie was created digitally. They just created from computers. If you're not familiar with it, the storyline is about this kind of young, cocky lion cub, right? And he runs away from home after being tricked by his uncle to believe that it was his fault that his father dies. Very sad. And along the journey away from home, he encounters people, friends, and he finds his courage again, goes back home to challenge his uncle now for the throne because his uncle has taken over in the midst of his deceitful plan. So, many of you thought the movie was pretty much about uh, some lions and some freaky and funny-looking hyenas, right? They are funny. Well, today we're going to pull a little bit more out of this movie, just a nugget of truth to give to you. Believing, really, that if you, if you can just... This is one of those truths, you don't want to just take it for granted. You don't want to just say, okay, I got that, and go. You, you want to let it settle in. You want to ponder it. You want to meditate on it. You want to hold on to it and let it deeply sink in because it is the core of all that we are. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, that's okay. You're going to be able to follow what I'm talking about. If you, ha if you haven't been in church in a long time, or you don't believe in God, you're still going to be able to come along with us as we speak today. Now, the theme we're taking out of the Lion King is, remember who you are. Remember who you are. We're going to talk about who God is and, and who God says we are and how that fits in this circle of life. So let's take a look at clip one. Let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. So what's first? Give orders for the hunt? Chase away evil intruders? Dad, you're going the wrong way. Look, Senbai, everything the light touches is our kingdom. You rule all of that? Yes, but a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Senpai, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. All of this will belong to me? It belongs to no one, but will be yours to protect. A great responsibility. Everything the light touches, those trees, in the watering hole, in that mountain, and beyond those shadows. You must not go there, Simba. But I thought a king could do whatever he wants, take any territory. While others search for what they can take, a true king Searches for what he can give. A heart-to-heart -heart talk with his son. 
And in this conversation, he shares with Simba about his purpose, who he is, and his royal lineage, his place in this royal lineage. Uh, Simba hears about boundaries and what he should do and shouldn't do as a lion and as a king. Simba becomes aware of his purpose in life. Simba begins to understand, because he's young, but he begins to understand who he is. It's important for us to discover who we are, to remember who we are. Some of you have not come to that place of truly discovering who you are. Some of us in this journey of faith have forgotten who we are. If I were to ask you, who are you? Even philosophers, anthropologists, you know, say, say this is a great question of life. Who are you? Who am I? If I were to ask you, who are you? A lot of things come to mind, right? We think about, you know, uh, Republican, Democrat. We think about our socioeconomic status. We think about our ethnicity. You know, I'm French, I'm Irish. I'm not going to joke on either the French or the Irish this morning. I mean, if you showed up on a day like this, I think I should give you a break. We say I'm Haitian. Not going to joke on the Haitians either this morning. But really, I mean, now, that might not, it depends on me. So really, growing up, I was Sicilian. If you ask me who am I, I'd say I'm Sicilian. That's who I was. I was Sicilian. And, and, and the coach was really very strong there in that. I mean, we had kind of a peculiar pride. I say that because we had things like revenge is a dish best served cold, right? Uh, you know, is it better to be loved or to be feared? It's better to be feared, right? If, if force and reason come together, which one will be stronger and better? Force. These are like little proverbs that we knew. That, that really spoke to our culture, which was a, which a very conflict, violent type of a culture that I grew up in. But it really was who we were. And we would live out of that culture. It would, I mean, so if, if somebody were to come against you and your family, you, you, you do all you could. You'd die before you would let it happen. It just was in you to do that. If somebody did something against you, you, you would not sleep until you brought revenge. There was a term we'd call crazy. Crazy in our culture was that you'd risk everything and do anything to get revenge on somebody that you believe deserved it. That was like the pinnacle of what it was to be one of us. And, and we so deeply believed it that it came out of us. It's who we were. It's who I thought I was, yes? And, and yet all these things, the culture, the ethnicities, the politics, the economics, even quote-unquote the religion, all speak somewhat to how we're made up. It, 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 it's how people do tend to identify us. It's how we might perceive ourselves. But the truth is, we can only find who we are in the one who created us, yes? This morning, I want to know this. I want you to deeply know this, that God created you. But even more than that, or in addition to that, maybe better said, not only did God create you, God created you in his image. Imagio Deo, God created you in his image. No other creature in all the universe but you were created in the image of God. And you see these words, they're written, about in, the, they're written in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. We read about God creating the world. He creates the stars, the moons, the sea, the fish, plants. But he doesn't stop there now. At the pinnacle, 
At the height of all of God's creation, we see in Genesis 1, chapter 27, it says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You just don't want to skim over that. God created human beings from his image. So, like, I have, and this, I, I couldn't really find a better one, or I would have. I really didn't mean to get you going here, but I have an image of Yankee Stadium. You know, actually, it's a picture. Somebody bought me a picture, and I hang up in my house. It's of Yankee Stadium, right? Okay, we, we got through that well. <laughs> this image wouldn't exist if the original did not exist, yes? I noticed they put it up, and they took it down real quick. <laughs> Look. We, we can't have an image without an original object or concept that that image is to be reflected from. Yes? We were created in God's image. You were meant to be, now here, ready? A reflection of the image of God. You were meant to be a reflection of God. So you were made, you were created by God, you were made in his image, and your purpose in life is to be a reflection of who God is. Think about if you deeply knew that, without even that it was so deep in you, it resonated so much through all of your conscience, that in any and every situation, if that's what came out, if that was the fundamental foundation of all of your thinking and reasoning and being, if that I am created by God in his image and I am to be a reflection of him right now, right here in this moment, whether it's I'm engaging difficulties, I'm in the midst of conflict with somebody, I'm in a challenging time, I've lost. It's just me sitting there with me. Look, you, you can have different accomplishments. That's cool. You can be really, I still am to this day somewhat, I know it sounds crazy, but I still think it's kind of cool and I'm kind of proud to be Sicilian. More now for the food than the violence. But anyway... But the core of who you are, your purpose in life is to reflect the one who created you. We're so privileged. I'm so privileged that I was chosen to be a reflection of the one true God who called me to bear his image. This God, he's the creator of the universe. He is good, he is holy, he is just, he is loving, he is gracious, he is merciful. He is righteous, he is forgiving, he is compassionate, and he is all-powerful. Now, he is perfect. All his attributes are without sin. He is perfect, and he created us to be like him. Now, we are made in the image of God, right? And, and we have similar attributes to God, although we are not perfect, right? And sometimes we... we Get about it a bit. You know, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. You know, we, did we have that there? Hey, okay. Right? It's like I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And the cat's like, you can't even go to church when it rains. Come on. <laughs> Listen. Let's not live out this beautiful thing called the Christian life from cliches, from platitudes, from looking to see what we can get from God. Let's live it out from who we are. First and foremost, if you do, well, then you 
will be able to do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Yes? Now, we are not perfect. Even in our good, there is imperfection. In our just and our righteous, we have this imperfection, and that's because of sin. Sin distances us from God. Sin creates a world around us that tells us we are someone else and something else other than who we were created to be. So when you're thinking and acting in a way that is, does not reflect the image of God in you, that's sin. You could call it different things. I'm not going to go down that road today, but it's sin. You say you're sinning, it's, it's sin in a natural way, at the very least. That in the beginning there was a fall and, 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 and sin came into the world and it corrupted all of us, it corrupted us. Naturally, we have a state of sin. And then, and, and then, it, and then it could be moral sin as well. You, you figure that out or talk to me. But if you're having any thought that does not is not connected to, consistent with the image of God and you being a reflection of him, then pause and say, wait a minute, what is this? I'm having a bad day. Well, it's a seasonal thing. Well, it's, okay, it, it, that's secondary. First and foremost, it's sin. Doesn't mean you're a horrible person. You're not. You were made in the image of God. That's why you got to hold on to that first. You need to know who you are so you're not condemned by yourself and the things of this world, but that you'll have clarity so that you can have comfort, so that you can have courage, yes? All right. Sin is telling us that we are something that we are not. Sin in this world, we constantly live day to day in this world that's permeated with sin that's always drawing and telling us this is who you are or who you need to be, but we're not. Let's look at another clip. I told you. Isn't it great here? You know, maybe it could be like this forever. It's amazing. But there's, there's something I don't understand. If you've been alive all this time, why haven't you come home? We've really needed you. They're fine, all right? Nobody needs me. You're the king. Nala, Scar is the king. Simba, he's decimated the Pride Lands. There's no food, no water. There's nothing I can do. What about your mother? This is your responsibility. You need to challenge Scar. I can't go back, ever. Why? Because of what happened at the gorge? Scar told us that- You wouldn't understand. None of it matters, okay? Akuna Matata. What? It's something I learned out here, okay? You, you see, sometimes bad things happen and there's nothing you can do about it. So why worry? Why worry? What happened to you? You're not the Simba I remember. And I never will be. Are you satisfied? No, I'm disappointed. You know, now you're starting to sound like my father. Good. I'm glad one of us does. You have no idea what I've been through. I came here looking for help. I guess I made a mistake. Goodbye, Simba. So early in the movie, we see this young, kind of cocky, somewhat confident lion come prancing around named Cinda, Simba, can't wait to be king. And now that same Simba has a disdain for the title of king, right? He's disowning who he is. He's disowning his purpose in life. 
He can't even hear what Nala has to say about who he once was, right? He's allowed himself because of distortion and deceit and lies to, that came to him from others and now that have taken root within himself, he's allowed himself to drift so far from who he is and what his purpose was in this world. He's gone so far away from what his father told him, this is who you are. And he's began to embrace a totally different purpose in life. He's actually created a narrative that sort of kind of protects this, right? You know, it's this hakuna matata. We do this. No, no, this, this hakuna matata, this is my solution. This is how I, this is how I rationalize and justify. This is what makes it all okay. This is now, this is my story. Hakuna matata, right? Live for yourself. Don't think you can be significant. Protect yourself. Be defensive. Measure things out to see, control. Hakuna matata, right? Simba lost sight of who he was, as do we at times. Simba forgot who he was and what his purpose was, as do we at times. From the moment he listened to the lies and the deceit of Scar telling him that Simba had disobeyed his father, and that was true, but, but Scar took some truth and he then exaggerated it. He twisted it to torment Simba, to tempt him to ab abandon who he was. Listen. And Simba believed it and he ran away from who he was and his purpose. And and while he was away, he lived a totally different purpose. Listen, this happens in our lives. Satan brings in lies, brings in deceit. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, we're not perfect. We sin. But what he does is he, he tempts you to come in and sin, and then he accuses you, and he distorts it, and he exaggerates it to disconnect you from who you are. You were made in the image of God. And to draw you away from your purpose to reflect God in this world. And he helps you create that even when you hear that, it just might not just resonate in you as God is meant it to be. But by God, Holy Spirit, today, I just speak his presence and power into your heart and mind that it will. I was made in the image of God. I'm going to live out my life starting now reflecting God, yes? Listen, we live in a culture that can seemingly, it's going to value things that are not of God. And not, not all of that is necessarily terrible. We live in a culture that tends to go towards superficial. And, and, and that's okay. Some of it can be fun, right? You know? I mean, in, I mean now we're going to go into Christmas season and we're... we're my God, it just keeps coming on us earlier and earlier and earlier. Why don't we just do it in the summer, man, and get it over with, Right? I'm, I'm not a bar humbug Scrooge guy, but, you know, we, I, you know, every year I complain about this, and it's just that this, these Christmas songs, it's just out of hand, man. Now, maybe if Queen or Journey came out with a Christmas album, Christmas album I'd be okay with it. But somebody sent me a, a, a text earlier this morning. Toss it up there. Most scholars now believe Saul threw his spear at David for playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I just so get that, man. 
And I'm in the car yesterday. We get in. We start to drive. And maybe the day before, my kids and Chrissy are like, oh, they started, they're starting to play Christmas music tonight on 106.7. I'm like, oh, come on. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. That's it now. My home. In my house. All over my house and every car I get into, Christmas music, Christmas music, Christmas music, right? I'm not kidding you, man. It's just, it's just out of hand. Me, the dogs. The only time me and the dog are like one. We both can't take it. Listen, we are told lies about what's most important in life. We, we are. About, about, we are told lies about how we should be in life. We live in an imperfect world. And in the center of that, all that imperfection is Satan and sin. And Satan is actively working around us. There is good and there is evil. This morning, you need to know there is a battle raging for your soul, for who you are. Now, God created us and intended us to be a reflection of him. Satan desires that we would be apart from God, right? To be as far as God from possible and as far apart from God for as long as possible, preferably for eternity. Satan has many names. The Bible, the word of God, speaks to him as a thief in the book of John. It, it calls him out as the father of lies in, the, in also John. It says he's a strategist getting in your head. For the sake of not giving you a bad day, not shaking you up a bit, but to just distancing you from knowing that you were created in the image of God. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, he's a deceiver. He's a, he's a schemer. You're walking along, you, have, you get up in the morning and pop, you just start going somewhere. That's your deceiver. You're sitting there with your spouse, with your kids, and something that's coming into your mind. That's, that's, that's a deceiver coming in and speaking lies into your mind. The Bible says he's a murderer. He's a tempter, as I've called him out already to be. And it speaks in the Bible that in 1 Peter that he is a roaring lion. And again, you see the vocal part. He's, he's roaming the earth, seeking to who he can devour. He wants to devour your soul, Right? I share these verses with you not to scare you necessarily, but to show you you want to be aware of what's going on around you. That this is the core narrative of your entire life as a human being. You were created by God in his image to be a reflection of him. This is who you are. This is your purpose. Satan wants to distract you and disconnect you from God for the sake of just distancing you from this truth. All so that he could destroy your soul. We must stand firm, right? Otherwise, we will far, find ourselves far from God and we'll find ourselves believing the lies of Satan about who we are. We'll embrace a false purpose in our life. Someone or something will always provide a purpose for us. Yeah, that's what's happening in the schemes and in the temptations to try and give us something in our minds that says, this is your purpose, this is your reason for being, this is who you are. There's never a shortage of people or things to tell us who we are, right? There's a book out there written by uh, 
So uh, he's a great pastor, and I think he just, I call him a theologian, if you will. The book's called The uh, Prodigal Prophet by Timothy Keller. I'm going to read two quotes from the book. They're on the same page. Timothy Keller writes, To be created in God's image means we must live for the true God, or we will make something else God and orbit our lives around that. He goes on to say, to ask who you are is to ask whose are you. To know who you are is to know what you have given yourself to. What controls you? What you most fundamentally trust? You see how important it is to know who you are? Let's look at another clip. That's what I said to myself. Do you see him? I don't see anything. Look closer. You see? He lives in you. Simba. Remember who you are, the one true king. I'm sorry. I don't know how to be like you. As king, I was most proud of one thing, having you as my son. That was a long time ago. No, Simba. That is forever. Please. Don't leave me again. I never left you. And never will. Remember who you are. Remember. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That God delights in us. Remember who you are, right? And what's cool about this scene is that really Musafir is, is speaking not so much to anything wrong Simba has done. That's where Simba wants to go, right? Simba wants to go to the wrong he's done, to his shortcomings, to, to, to where, where the narrative and what he thinks he is, but but Musafa doesn't want to talk about any sin or any shortcoming. Musafa wants to talk about the state of their relationship. Do you get that? Because in that, he's trying to bring Simba to who he is, right? You need to focus in on the relationship with your heavenly father to know who you are. Your purpose is defined and dictated by a relationship with your heavenly father, which is where Satan wants to come in and distort it and distract you and disconnect you from this. We were made to be God's son and God's daughter. Simba's failure, greatest failure, wasn't so much that he left home or ran away from home. It was in the process of leaving home that Simba forgot who he truly was. So as a result of this interaction, this conversation with 
his father Musafa, or Mufasa, Simba remembers now who he is. And when he does remember, he gets up. I love it. He, just, he gets up and he goes back to face his past. Not with what he thinks, focusing on any shortcoming, but with who he is, right? And he goes back to face his past to influence his presence, yes? He chooses to fight against evil. He makes a decision to now take ownership of what's gone on in his life and the decisions he's made, but not from a place of degrading himself, but a place of who he truly is, and that those decisions are not who he is, but this is who he is. Listen, we, Simba eventually takes his place, his rightful place to be king. We must take ownership of our choices. That's okay. But we must step in, and we must step into the purpose that God has provided for us. Remember, we, our purpose, we can't obtain it by achieving certain things or anything or, or by having success in different areas of our life. That's good and, and commendable. But, but the purpose we want is one that comes from God. The purpose that God has given us in this life to be reflection of him and all that we do in our homes, in our classrooms, on our campuses, in our occupations, in where we spend the most time and the most, right up in here. Am I reflecting God right now? When I'm speaking to my spouse, am I being a reflection of God? When I'm talking to my child, am I being a reflection of God? When I'm having a discussion with a friend, when I'm thinking about my future, am I being a reflection of God right now? Am I setting myself up to be a reflection of God? Sometimes we walk into situations and we've kind of predetermined. We have like exit plans and strategies and, and how we can mitigate the situations and best protect ourselves. And we're setting ourselves up not to be a reflection of God. And this is happening because we are not beginning every story in our head. We're not looking at situations and circumstances from this truth that I was made in the image of God. Yes? Where was I? <laughs> Listen. We have all sinned. God is perfect. We are not. Sin separates us from God. So God, in, in the most incredible way, he has this unconditional love for you and me. He, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, to become one of us, to live and to die to take away the punishment of that sin, that we'd not be slaves to that sin, that that would not be the image that we would bear, yes? Do not bear the image of sin. Do not reflect sin in your life. Do not let that sin or sin that was heaped upon you morally become what you are reflecting. No. You were made in the image of God. You are the first fruits of all creation. God delights in you. When he was done creating you, he said, it is good. You are the greatest of all his creation. Three days after Jesus died, he came back to life. Why? To say that I have overcome sin. I've overcome death. Jesus is alive. He's alive, and he's alive in you. What's the next step you're going to take within your very being 
And we believe God has called you here today to step into a relationship with him, to begin to grasp and know that you were made in his image and that you are not to bear the image of sin, but his image, to reflect him, to reflect hope, to reflect his glory. And if you today are wanting to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible says that if we believe in these truths, of what Jesus came to earth for, how he lived, how he died, that he was resurrected, that he shed his blood for our sins on the cross, that we would have eternal life, that he rescued us, and that he is our savior. The Bible says when we confess these truths, we are saved, we are rescued to God be the glory. We are saved from an eternal separation away from our heavenly father. If we ask forgiveness of our sins, See, because of what Jesus did, we can receive forgiveness of our sins. We can rediscover who we are. We can have relationship with God. We can live out our purpose in life. We can reflect the image of God. Every single one of you can. Poor, rich, young, old. Today we can reflect the image of God. He wants you to hear that today. He wants you to acknowledge this right where you're at. He wants you to acknowledge who he is and what Jesus Christ, his son, has done. He wants you to know who you are. He wants you to remember who you are today. Acknowledge your sin. Cool, I, I got that. Acknowledge your Savior as well. Acknowledge who you are today. You are more than the choices you have made. We own them, we face them, but they are not who we are. You are more than the paths that you have taken. Turn around. Come back to God this morning. Come back zealously, enthusiastically, with abandonment. I am running to my God. I'm picking myself up, and I'm going to God, and I'm going to change my present, yes? Remember who you are. One more clip. Your Majesty. about Simba's life, right? He now is remembering. He's calling out, crying out, this is who I am. He's stepping into his new life. He's stepping into his purpose. Today, God wants you to believe about you 
what he believes about you, what he knows because of what he did and how he made you. Who God says we are is not of this world and is not what this world says we are, the way it defines you. The way God thinks of you is not the way this world thinks about you and is put on you. God says that you are a friend of God in the book of John. God says that you are God's workmanship. God says that you are chosen by him, holy and loved by him, dearly loved. God says you are a citizen of heaven. You are an expression of the life of Jesus Christ. You are the salt of the earth as you reflect God in his image. You are the light of the world. And you are a child of God. You, my friends, you and I, we are children of the Most High God. Cling to these truths, right? Doesn't mean life is trouble-free, but it means you can live confidently in the midst of all circumstances. I can do all things through Jesus Christ because I am confident that I am made in the image of God and I will reflect him in anything and everything, yes? yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you look in the mirror the next time, See God's reflection staring back at you. See the person that he's created you to be. Walk boldly in who God says you are. Embrace this truth. I am made in the image of God. To God be the glory. Have a great day.